always going to be a good year, and I think we're going to start it right. We're pressing into God. We're just like saying, God, first, before we even get going, today is the fifth day of 2020. But we're going to start early, and we're just going to press into the things of God. How many of you guys just need a little bit more of God in your life, a lot more of God in your life? Amen, amen. Well, we're going to start this thing off. We're going to do well. Um, by the way, I'm Pastor Carl. Welcome to Anchor Church. Thanks for coming. How you guys doing? Everybody's happy? It's a new year. You're fired up. You're all here because it's like New Year's resolutions, yeah? Like, oh, we got to get to church. We got to get back to church. Well, you made it. That's good. Um, there's one thing I wanted to just uh, bring your attention to. In the seat back in front of you, there is a little pocket with a card in it. It's our Connect card. It looks like this on the screen. And they're going to put it up there. And basically, if you're new to the church, we don't want you to just, like, this be your first and only time. We want you to kind of say, this is your first time. And then you found some people. You found community. We'd love to get you plugged into all that's going on around here. This is our way to do it. First touch is the Connect card. If you take the time to fill that out, all you got to do is drop it in the offering bucket at the end of service. It's going to go by down the aisles. Drop it off. We take care of the rest. Someone's going to text you this week, just tell you what's up. Welcome to Anchor Church. We're happy you're here. And they're going to let you know some stuff about our baptisms and Connect groups and how you can be involved, whatever, answer any questions you might have. So take advantage of that. Second card is a prayer and praise card. And it looks like this on the screen, and it's just going to be that little card. And all this is, is we want to stand with you in whatever it is that you're going through, whatever you're praying for, whatever the new year it brings you. We want you to know that you don't have to go through it alone, that we got your back and we're going to be praying with you. So write that down, drop it in the offering uh, bucket as it goes by as well. And that just activates our prayer team, our staff. We got your back. We love you. We're praying with you. If God comes through, you got a praise report, write that down too. We love to give the credit and the glory where it's due. And we want to give the praise to God. Amen. How's everybody this morning? You guys awake? You guys okay? You guys all right? All right. This is 9 a.m. service. So what's up to our 9 a.m. online viewing audience? What's up, everybody? Why don't you guys make some noise for just the guys watching online that were too lazy to make it to church? Hey! We see you. You're lazy. No, I'm just kidding. You're watching online or around the world or you couldn't make it to church for work or whatever reasons. We still love you. We'd love to see you in person, but we love you anyway. Don't we, guys? We love them anyway. Uh, I got a couple announcements for you. Um, the first one is today is our, our first class of growth track. And we do growth track every month around here. The first Sunday is growth track class number one. The second is number two. And there's four of them. Basically, growth track classes are the open door, the front door to Anchor Church. It's where we get to put our best foot forward and tell you everything about us, who we are, our testimony, uh, where we come from, our story, what we believe about God. But also, we get to um, kind of introduce you to who God created you to be. I think it's the second week that we give you these surveys where you find out about your spiritual gifts, your personality, and we just get to help you out and find your place um, in God's family. So growth track classes, number one, if you haven't been to them yet, it's at the next service, 11 a.m., and it's in the youth conference room, and you can just walk down there. You don't even have to sign up. Just show up, and you're good to go. Secondly, uh, I got another reminder that this Thursday, guys, do you guys know what today, this Thursday is? Anybody? Men's? Men's night on the grill. It's, yes, it is. It means you can make a pig of yourself, eat all you possibly can, because we're going to start the fast really soon. And guys, we need to bulk up. So just make, it, make sure you take advantage of that. We need to load up um, all you can eat. You can sign up on your phone right now on the church app in the courtyard. Talk to Pastor Rob online. We got you covered. Pastor Mike Kai is coming from Inspire Church. He's going to bring a good word. He's going to get us fired up to take on 2020. And the week right after that is the Women's Girls' Night in Vision. And women, you're going to get fired up. And I don't know what you guys are going to have planned, but Pastor Tammy's always got something good for you guys. And um, you'll be fasting. I mentioned that before. But you'll, you'll still have something fun. Is that okay? Broccoli can be fun. Hummus. I don't know what you guys eat. But anyways, 
Lots of stuff going on around here. You guys ready to hear the word of God? Let's dig into it today. Um, we're starting a new series, and like we like to do around here at Anchor Church, we are going to start our year right by pressing into the things of God, by digging deep. I think that um, there's a reason that, that uh, God, God even calls our tithes and our offerings when we bring them to him. You know what he calls them? First fruits. And there's a reason why God puts significance on first, is that in everything that we do, we put him first. And so we're in this series, and we're going to be talking about prayer. And if you look at the title of the series in your notes, I just said, pray about it. Pray about it should be like a, a, a phrase that we use all the time. Things are going really amazing in your life. You should pray about it. Why? You should thank God. Thank you, God, for the blessings. It should, remember to give credit where credit's due. Things are going really rough and terrible, and you're hurting, and you're being stretched, and you're challenged, and you're in pain right now. That's another thing. First thing, pray about it. Give it to God. Let him take that stuff away from you. Let him carry you. Let him be the comforter that the word says he is. Pray about it. So good times, bad times, weird times, times you just don't know about, like our phrase is going to be pray about it. Because we all have stuff going on this year. All the stuff that I asked you to think about, those, those, those ideas, those, those dreams, those visions, those things that you're struggling with right now, whatever the big thing is in your life, I'm going to tell you this bit of advice for the next four weeks. Pray about it. The first thing you should do, the prayer, write this down. We say this around here all the time at Anchor Church. Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Prayer should be our first response. And so we're just going to pray about it, whether it's good or bad, or we don't even know what's going on. Um, here's, here's my story. The other night, just about a few nights ago, three, four nights ago, I woke up at four in the morning. Anybody ever woke up at four in the morning? I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I was like... I go to sleep, it's dark, and I wake up in the light, and it's like, where is 4 a.m. in there? Like, I've never seen that before. But for some reason, I woke up at 4 a.m., and I was wide awake. And like, that's just not my zone right there. So I'm wide awake. I'm like, what am I doing? Can't go back to sleep. I'm, I'm tired. I should be sleepy, but I just can't go back to sleep. So here's what I did. I prayed about it. And first thing, I just don't know why, but possibly God's waking me up for a reason, and I can't go back to sleep. So I'm just going to pray. So I just laid there in bed, and I just started to pray for my family, my friends, everybody that I could remember. I'll use a lot of your guys' faces and different things going on. I just started praying for everybody, because I don't know why I'm awake at 4 a.m. So first thing I do, I'm just going to pray. So I had this good time of praying and just covering all kinds of stuff. And then I was, like, still awake. And I don't want you guys to think I'm, like, only holy spiritual guy. Like, I was still awake, so I got out of bed, and I went in, and I watched Mandalorian Episode 8 on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Come on, Star Wars fans out there. Where is it? Come on. Who loves Baby Yoda? Come on, we do, right? You haven't even seen the show. You just see all the pictures of him. He's so cute and cuddly. So I, had to, so I, did, my, I did my pray first thing, and then I had to go watch Mandalorian and fall asleep. But here's what I'm trying to get to in that, is that no matter what, good, hard, bad, weird, you don't even know why you're awake, here's the thing that we should just learn to recognize. Pray first. Just go to God first and figure out what God wants to do. And I want to give you something today that um, helps us kind of lean into this time of praying. In this new year, I want us to start it together. Next week, guys, be ready for this. We're going to be starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we do at Anchor Church every year. And you can join us if you want. We're not going to hold it against you if you don't. We're not going to force you to do any of that stuff. But this brochure right here gives you a little bit of what we're going to be all about. It talks about fasting right here. And we'll have a website that has all the further information. But there's kind of four types of fasting. And we wanted to make it so that wherever you're at in your walk with God, you could find a comfortable way to, to fast, to learn to pray and fast. Fasting is not just a diet. It's not just about, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to lose weight. Praise God, I fasted. That's not fasting. That's a diet. Okay, let's be real clear. But here's the deal. 
you can pray without fasting. We pray all the time without fasting. But you cannot fast without praying. Everywhere you read about fasting in the scriptures, it's always something that is added on to prayer, intense seasons of prayer. Because what you're doing when you're fasting with prayer is you're trying to disconnect from things of the world that are comfortable and easy, food and things like that. Trying to disconnect from things of the world so that you can connect more with God. So fasting is something that just enhances prayer life. Fasting alone is just a diet. But we made it easy for you with four different types. Complete fast, that's for those of you guys that are like hardcore and you're going, no food for 21 days, like liquids only. That one is heavy duty. And I did that one one of these years. I did the Purium thing, right? The, just the juice, the green drink. Oh, that was terrible. That was hard. But hey, praise God. God showed up and he, he brought some breakthrough in my life. It was worth it because I'm, I'm trying to just get rid of some of the stuff that I focus on. I'm so dependent on. I'm so comfortable with. And I'm trying to just dig into prayer and get the, just like focused on God. So that's what, that's what fasting is all about. And we wanted you guys to have a week before some time to think about it. If you want to join us, you've never done this before, but here's the thing. If you want new results in 2020, you got to try some new ways to get close to God. Amen? So fasting could be one of the, I said amen. amen. You guys know what amen means, right? It means so be it. It means yes. It means chee So if I say amen, that's what you're saying. It's like, yeah, amen. And here's the thing. We're going to press into God like we never did before. Every beginning of the year, Anchor Church, like, we got to start it with God. We don't want to just, well, maybe I'll get around to it. We want to start strong. And so we want you to consider picking a way that you might fast with us. We're going to give you cards next week, and you can decide what type of fast you want to do. But we're going to, we're going to lean into God in 2020, and we're going to go big and see what he has for us. So prayer. We're talking about prayer. There's a verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I love this verse. It's real short. The Apostle Paul is speaking to his friends at this church in Thessalonica, and he's giving them all this information and knowledge about God. He goes, here's one thing you should do, verse 17, never stop praying. Real simple. Some of your Bible translations say, pray without ceasing, basically without stopping. Like, just keep on praying. The Passion Translation, which is a new translation that I've been really liking lately, it says, make your life a prayer. And the whole idea is this with prayer, is that prayer isn't this thing that you go and you decide and you do and you make it all holy and spiritual. And some of us, ever find yourself like slipping into the King James version of, preach, of speaking when you pray? Anybody? Like, oh, thou art a holy God, and thine are the abundant gifts of thy, thy many blessings. <laughs> Anybody do that? Or you have grandmas that do that? Like people that just go, when they pray, they just go straight King James, like Elizabeth, Elizabethan English. Anybody? You have that? No? Only me. Cool. Thanks. Right on. Thanksgiving, right? The prayer comes out and thou art abundant in all of thine righteousness. And you're like, whoa. And here's the thing. Prayer doesn't have to be like that. Like prayer is on, like I like what the passion says. Make your life a prayer. It's an ongoing conversation with God. God's a father in heaven. We're his kids. He just likes to talk to his kids. He's like, hey, tell me what's going on in your life. Hey, did you get hurt? I can help you right there. Oh, you broke your toy. I can fix it for you. I'm here for you. Like you're hurting, right? You're mad at me? It's okay. I'm a big God. I can take it. Yell all you want. You ever read the book of Psalms? A lot of it is David just straight yelling at God. You ever read it? Where are you? Why don't you come to my rescue? Why are you hiding your face from me? Like David is just whining his way through the Psalms. But here's what God says. I like that. Thanks for being real, man. Thanks. For, I can take it. I'm a big God. You can't throw anything at me that I haven't already heard before. But prayer is that. We just talk to God. And then it says in Ephesians 6.18 that prayer, that we should pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That means there's a lot of ways to pray. That means that auntie that prays in King James Version speech 
It's okay. She can pray like that. And you, sometimes when you just like, you crash your car and you're like, oh God, help me. Like that's a good prayer as well. The Bible says there's all different kinds of prayers. God just likes to hear us talking with him. That's all that, pr that prayer is all about. And so today we're going to see one of the different kinds of prayers that the Bible mentioned. There's a bunch of different ones. This isn't the only one, but I want to give you guys a pattern for your prayer life today. I'm going to give you seven things that you can maybe go, you know what? I usually pray like this, but in this new year, I want to get some new results. I want to dig into God a little. Can you give me something fresh? I'm trying to give you something fresh and new today. Some seven things that when you go into your prayer closet or wherever you're at when you pray, if you kind of hit these seven topics, it's going to do something new in your prayer life, I'm hoping. So we're going to see a pattern, and it is, the title of it is a prayer of, to pray like Moses. I'm going to give you guys a little thing on how to pray like Moses. Um, backstory on Moses, if you never saw the Ten Commandments movie, but back, uh, backstory on Moses is he was the guy that God chose to lead all of his people, the Israelite people, the Israelite nation. He wanted to bring them, they're in slavery in the, in the land of Egypt, and God wanted to deliver them out of captivity into this promised land that he was going to show them, that they were going to conquer and they were going to settle in. That was going to be their land. But he had to get them out. And so he chose Moses to be the guy that was going to lead them out of Egypt into this promised land. And there's biblical scholars that would say the group of people that we're talking about now, the Israelite nation, was anywhere between one and a half to four million people. This is like giant. This is huge. A whole nation. And Moses was basically walking them into the promised land. And it was only going to take a couple weeks' journey. Honestly, if everybody together camped and walked and camped and walked, it should only take a couple weeks' time. But the problem was it took, over, or it took 40 years, exactly. 40 years. Why? Because the people were grumbling. The people were doubting Moses. They were doubting God. And God kind of made them just like ramble all around. And they were just like four-wheel drive everywhere around the wilderness, like the Exodus. You read the book of Exodus. It's God trying to use Moses to take, lead his people into this promised land. And along the way, he's trying to develop a relationship with them that would get them to really depend on him. And so as they're out moving to this, this exodus and trying to find the promised land, God said, I want to be with my people. But because he was the Old Testament God, listen to this real carefully. Old Testament God was a God that would show up at different places at different times. There was a temple that was where God dwelt. He would, his spirit would come on certain individuals at a time. But because that was the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't died for our sins yet. The Holy Spirit hadn't been given yet. The Old Testament, God needed a place to show up and to dwell, to live in. Thank God that we're the New Testament church because of Jesus. We have a new covenant. The Holy Spirit now is, where does the Holy Spirit now dwell? Anybody? Anybody? Christians? <laughs> Inside us, right? That our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So praise God that the God of creation, his spirit dwells in us right now. We're the dwelling place of God and the Holy Spirit. But old school, Old Testament times is that God needed a place to dwell. So as the, the Israelite nation is rambling around, they don't have a permanent place of worship, a temple yet. So God told Moses, I want you to build me a portable church, a tabernacle. That's the word. I want you to build me a place where I will dwell and I will give messages to you to speak to my people because I love them and I want to talk to them. So Moses was instructed in Exodus 25, verse 8. Check this out. This is what God told him. He said, Moses, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle, which means dwelling place, and its furnishings. We're going to talk about the furnishings, the furniture that's in this tabernacle and right outside the tabernacle. He says, you must build it exactly according 
to the pattern that I will show you. This is the place where Moses met with God because that's what we do in prayer every day is we meet with God. But back then, he had to set up a place to, be, to meet with God. And it says, I'm going to give you a pattern. Now, here's the thing today. I'm going to give you a pattern in your prayer life, in your spiritual prayer life, that we're going to copy after things that were in the physical with the tabernacle and the furniture. Does that make sense? So we're going to say, like, so this curtain, it represents this in our prayer life. And this, like, altar, it represents this in our prayer life. So I'm going to give you, like, kind of a pattern to pray. Now, here's the deal. It's not some long, super crazy, drawn-out prayer. I'm going to give you seven things that you can take one minute on each of the seven, and you did a seven-minute prayer that day, and you covered a lot of the bases so that you met with God. Or you could look at it, and you can go, man, I could take all day praying this stuff because these are some heavy things. But However you want to pray, I'm going to give you a little pattern that's just going to help you pray today. So I want to show you what the tabernacle looks like. Oh, let me read this verse really, really quickly to you. Exodus 33, because here's what it says about the tent of meeting. It says, inside the tent of meeting, which is a tabernacle, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And I just want to say this. The whole purpose of the tabernacle was that, that God could speak to Moses face to face. And the whole purpose of prayer is that we could be uh, speaking with God face to face ourselves. Now, here's a picture to, to wrap your mind around what the tabernacle looks like. This is a modern day replica. There's people right there to scale, normal sized people walking around. This is kind of what it would look like. As they're out wandering the wilderness and there's like millions of people all around, this was the special place that God set up and He goes, That's a tabernacle. That's my dwelling place. Now, it obviously looked a lot nicer and it wasn't just like simple, like curtain like that. It was like beautiful and all this, but it was basically this a little outer courtyard with a gate at the, the front of it that you'd go into. There's an altar right there. There's a little wash basin right there. And then you enter into the tent. And in the tent, there were several other items of furniture we're going to talk about today. And then there was another tent inside that only the high priest could go into one day of the year, which was called the Holy of Holies. And on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go in there and he would make atonement for the sins of all the people. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. So I want you guys to kind of see when you read about it, kind of look like this. There's another diagram that shows you the inside and the outside a little bit more. This is the tabernacle. This is where they met with God. And you can see here's the front gate. There's the courts that they called it that, that you could go inside there. There's the altar where you'd make the, the, the offerings and the sacrifices. That's the brazen laver. That was the wash basin. And then you would enter in, and then we're going to talk about the furniture that's inside there. And then further back, you can see behind the curtain, the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go inside there. So let's take this, something that's physical, that Moses kind of interacted with to meet God. Let's bring it to us, the New Testament church, and realize these things were symbolic and meaningful. And in our prayers, we can go into prayer practicing these things. You guys got that? Not too confusing for you? Hopefully, you good? Everybody good? Just nod, pretend, to smile. Yes, Carl. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say. Thank you. Makes me feel good about myself. So here's the... Um, Here's, as we walk through what Moses would pray like as he walked into the tabernacle, the whole experience, here's what it represents to us. Take out your notes. You can write this stuff down. Number one in your notes, the outer court. What does that represent in our prayer life? Give thanks. Write that down. Give thanks. This is as Moses walked in, this feeling, but this is what we get as we open up our hearts to prayer every single day. Start with giving thanks. Because here's what the Bible says about the courts of God and the gate of God. Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. See, what happened was when you walked into the courts, 
was all the other stuff was the stuff of the world. And he walked in, and this is the part that was dedicated to the things of God. This was like the special place that was set up. And the Bible always says that as we come into that place, we should be thankful for all the things of God, that we should thank him, that we should praise his name. And so as we enter into prayer, we should start by thanking God for all the things he's done for us in our lives. Like all the people like, God, thank you for salvation. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for, for the house, the roof over my head. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my neighbors. Thank you for, we just, we should go into prayer with thankfulness because I think too many times we go into prayer and we're just asking for more. But here's the thing, like who are we to be asking for more when we're not even thankful for the things he's already done for us? You guys know what I'm saying? Like that's ungrateful if we just always be, more God, I need this, I need this, I need this. And God's going, man, don't you appreciate the things that I've already done in your life? Am I not a good God? Like the reason that you would have the confidence to ask for more is because I've already given you so much. Like, so let's be a people that, like Moses, we enter into his courts with thankfulness, with thanksgiving, with praise. Did you know there's a difference between praise and worship? See, praise in the Bible is we're thanking God for things he's done in our lives. And that's appropriate as we enter into our prayer with thanks. We're praising him for all the things that he's done in our lives, the miracles, the blessings, the good stuff that we have, our health, whatever it might be. Worship, we're going to get to a little bit later. Worship is thanking God for who he is, which is different. That's more, that's more intimate. That's more about his character. But praise is the appropriate way that we would enter his courts with thanksgiving, with thankfulness, with gratitude. We're thankful for salvation. And I'm thankful for the, the cars that I drive. I'm thankful that there's a roof over my head, that there's food on the table, that I have friends, that we should be thankful for our jobs. We should be even thankful. Listen to this. You should go into prayer thanking God for the hardship and the suffering. Because Jesus in his word, he never promised that everything was going to be unicorns and roses, right? He said, hey, the world's tough. And there's going to be a lot of trials and a lot of troubles. And it's going to beat you up a little bit. But, but take heart, because I've overcome the world. And what he was saying is, life's going to still be tough, but, but I'm on your team now. Now you got me, and I'm going to carry you through it. But you're still going to have to go through some tough stuff. So I actually when I'm having a good day and I'm not feeling grumpy, when I'm having a good day, I'll go in and I'll pray. God, thank you for the suffering. Thank you for the hard stuff that's teaching me a lesson. Thank you for getting me through this. It, it drives me back to you, so it's okay. And then I even, if you can do this, maybe here's a new thought for you. When you're thanking God in your prayers, thank him for your critics. Ever thought about that before? Thank him for your enemies. Thank him for the people that criticize you, that make you feel bad about yourself, that want to tear you down and say all these things about you. Carl sucks. Like all that stuff. Thank you for those people. You know why? In my life, those critics drive me right back to God. And I say, God, is all this stuff true, what they're saying about me? Am I really like that? And here's what happens. When I run to God, who's my father, he goes, no, that's not true. That's lies. I love you. I created you. You're unique. You're amazing. You're special. You have all these gifts. Well, that one guy was a little bit right. You got to work on that. But the other stuff, Carl, you're amazing. You're super good. And so I thank him for my critics because of people who think I do my life wrong and this and that. You know what it does? It drives me right back to my knees, drives me right back to God, who God then tells me what my real identity is, and he lifts me up. And so, you know what? Thank you to all the haters out there. You pushed me right back to God, who made me stronger than ever. Can I get an amen to that? Come on, a chee-hoo. Chee-hoo. That's right. Thank you, haters. That's all good. Here's the second thing. The first one, the outer court, give thanks. The second thing, you go to the altar. Moses physically went to the altar. He slaughtered animals. He sacrificed them all to the altar. Here's the reason why. 
that when somebody sinned, this is how God set up the rules. I don't make the rules. They just preach them. Is like, here's how God set it up. Is if somebody had sin in their life, they would sacrifice an animal and they would offer it on the altar. They'd burn it up. And so a life was given for the sins that were committed. And it basically freed you and redeemed you from your sins. And so when you go to the altar, here's what you do in prayer. Not physically, but, but, but spiritually. Is Write this down. Remember the cross. Remember the cross, because the cross is the greatest symbol of an altar and sacrifice for freedom of sins that ever existed. The cross is where Jesus, the Son of God, gave his very life to sacrifice it for yours and my sins. And the only way that we're saved is through Jesus Christ. Amen? Because too many of us think, like, I'm a good person, I'm very religious, and I go to church every week, and I've read my Bible, and that's good, you should do all that stuff. But that doesn't get you salvation, that doesn't get you into heaven. Oh, but I go to Anchor Church. They're a really good church. I got the T-shirt, the sticker on my car. Like, I'm really good. I'm going to heaven. No, sorry. That just makes us famous. But we're, we want you to get to heaven. That only happens through the big JC, through Jesus Christ himself, the once and for all altar. So in our prayer time, we remember the cross. Romans 5, 6 says, for when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners, get this part, who were entirely helpless weak and powerless to save themselves. That means the church isn't going to get you to, to salvation in heaven. It's not your friends. It's not like, but my wife's a really good Christian, and I hang out with her, and that'll rub off on me, and we're going to heaven together. Like, no, no, there's no, like, there's no buddy passes to heaven. Can I just say that? Like, sorry, you got to, like, you got to do business alone. Jesus is the only way to heaven. So when I'm in my prayer time, I want to make sure I remember to keep it humble and remember that I'm not doing anything that's going to impress God, that literally in my prayer, first I enter with thanks, but secondly, I remember Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you did that for me. I'm totally not worthy. The Bible says, basically, I deserve to go to hell. We all do. We've all sinned, fallen short of God's glory. But because of you, Jesus, whew, thank you. I made it. Thank you. You're so good. This is why when we set out the communion on the tables in the back and on the sides over here, like, and we do have communion for worship, it's a big deal. I think we're due for another like, corporate communion setting in, in the weeks to follow sometime soon because it's a reminder that Jesus paid the price for us. There's, there's no other name by which men can be saved. It is Jesus Christ alone. Isn't that good? So in our prayer time, remember that. Make your prayer time holy that it was only through Jesus. Here's the third thing. As Moses was walking his way through the, the tabernacle courts, he, he came to third. He came to the wash basin. They call it the laver. The wash basin. And here at the wash basin, in our prayer time, what we would do is we'd wash stuff out of our life, write these words down, surrender everything. Take the time that you give, give thanks, you remember the cross, but here's the point in your life, in your prayer time, where you need to confess some stuff, surrender everything. You need to tell God the stuff that you didn't tell your spouse, you're too ashamed to tell your friends, your prayer partners, you're like, oh man, I was doing this, and I was thinking this, and I said that, and it's like, you know that if you carry that around with you, it's going to burden you. You're going to eat yourself up with guilt. It's going to like hurt your identity, your self-image, and you're carrying that stuff. Well, in prayer, remember that you have the freedom to go and you can surrender everything to God and you can wash yourself clean and you can just say, God, here's all of me. I just, I need to, I need to say it to you. I didn't say it to anybody else, but I know about it and you know about it. I got to get rid of this stuff. Here's what the word says. Paul writes in Romans 12:1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I like this verse. Here's why I like this verse. That it says, 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Because when I come to God and I want to confess stuff and I want to surrender everything because I don't want to hold on to the guilt and how it makes me feel, I think of it as my whole body. It's a whole body experience. Think about it in prayers. When you confess your sins, think of the sins that have gone on with your whole body, right? I, start with this. Start with your head. Start with the thoughts that you think in your mind before anything else. Because we may not sin with our mouth, we may not sin with our actions, but inside we're thinking a lot of garbage and a lot of junk stuff that could mess up our relationship with God and with other people and our own identity. And so I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice, surrender it all, scrub it clean. I'm going to start with the thoughts that I think. Because again, it might not show on the outside. You might look super good. The other day, I was hanging out with some friends of mine, and they're really good friends. They're godly people. They're, they're great friends in my life. But I was in a grumpy mood. You guys ever had that? You're grumpy and you don't want to be around happy people? Anybody? You just like take your joy and stick it with, you know, like you just, uh. and in my head, I was like, yeah, I just want to relax. I don't want this. And they're super friendly, awesome, amazing people in my life. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for it right now. I'm just not in the mood. And so on the outside, I was like, super cool, Pastor Carl. Like, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, come. Yeah, let's go hang out. All right. And inside, I'm like, just get out of here. I just want to hang out with you. I just, and it was all inside. So look, it never came out of my mouth. It never came out of my action. Like I looked all good on the outside, but I knew that I was having a grumpy day and I was being just irritable and I was just struggling with all this. And I was like, and it was ruining my day. And it took me a little while to finally get to the point where I just had to confess that to God. I didn't do it out loud. Again, prayer, you can pray any, any way. As I was hanging out with them, I was just giving it up to God that day. God, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, what a jerk. These are some of my best friends in the world. They're so they didn't do anything to deserve this. I'm just being grumpy right now. It's all happening internally, but it's making me feel terrible. And you know what, God? I just got to give that to you. I just got to confess that to you. And here's what happens when you go to the wash basin, which is actually just your confession, is God isn't up there in heaven and going, yeah, Carl, you're a jerk. He's not pointing the finger at me. He's not holding me. He's not condemning me. Remember the word said, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. And when we give stuff to him and let it go, you know what the father says? He goes, my son already died for that. You're good. Don't worry about it. No, but God, I feel like so terrible. Yeah, look, I don't hold it against you anymore. Thank you for confessing it, being honest and making it clean. Stop thinking about it because I don't think about it anymore. My son Jesus already died for all of that. So you're okay. See, we get so scared of coming to God, confessing this, like he's going to kill us. He's going to just lightning bolt right there, you know, on the spot. And the reality is he's just going, I was just waiting for you to get it out of yourself, out of your mind. You're thinking about it. It's ruining you. Just confess it to me. You're clean. You're all good. I've already died for that on the cross. Isn't it good that we have a God that forgives us, that loves us like that? Like, that's so good. So we, we give our whole bodies, but we start with our mind. And we start with our mouth, because that gets us into trouble. Anybody get in trouble with your mouth out here? You say the wrong things. You say, come on, I'm not the only one that sins with my mouth. Anybody ever say anything mean or wrong to anybody else? A couple of you guys, the rest of you guys are so holy. <laughs> just want to be like you. Um, but look, go from the head, go to the mouth, go to the rest of your body. I'm not going to get into all that. We do some all kind of actions that maybe are wrong, and there's addictions, and there's just all kind of stuff. But I love this, is that we would wash ourselves as we go in prayer. God, here's the part where I just confess to you. Here's the fourth thing, is that you enter into the tent now. Moses is physically entering into the tent, the tabernacle of God. And in the corner there on the side is the lampstand. There's a lampstand, a candlestick, and it's got fire. It's lit. It's always burning. And this is, in Scripture, fire so many times often represents the Holy Spirit. 
the refining fire of the Holy Spirit. He comes in flames, and in the day of Pentecost, he came, and it was like, like little tongues of fire appeared on everybody. And a lot of times, it's, it's significant of the Holy Spirit. So this is the part of our prayer where I put in your notes, the lampstand, write this down, invite the Holy Spirit. Just write that. Make that a part of your daily prayer, as that you would invite the Holy Spirit to do whatever he needs to do in your life. Little disclaimer here, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is out there and you're inviting him into your life because when you become a Christian, you become, you, you get into a relationship with all three members of the Trinity, right? The Father, who's in heaven, Jesus Christ, his Son, and the Holy Spirit that now lives in us. So when you become a Christian, you have a relationship with all three. When I say, what I'm saying by invite the Holy Spirit is this. It's not like he's out there and you invite him into your life. He's already in you, dwelling in you. But what you're inviting him to do is, Holy Spirit, I invite you to have your way and to do whatever you need to do in my life. There's areas of my life I'm not strong enough to do on my own. I invite you to help me. I need your help. Lord, there's things that I, I could never do and there's, there's blind spots in my life that I can't see and I need them burned up and I need them out of my life. Holy Spirit, would you come in and would you do that? And Lord, I don't know what I'm really good at, but I want to make an impact in this world. around. Can you stir up the gifts that you've given me? Like I just, I need all that you possibly have for me. Here's the thing about God is, God will never force himself on you. You become a Christian, the Holy Spirit's in you. That doesn't mean you're gonna live a perfect and clean and spotless life. You have to make the free will decision to surrender to him every day, to invite the Holy Spirit in to be actively at work in you. He's already in you, but we can totally can control the whole like, I don't really believe in the supernatural and the gifts and stuff like that, so I'm not gonna do it. The Holy Spirit's like, wow, you're, you're, totally, you're totally killing me, man. You're like totally hindering my style. Like, I'm limited now. So I'm here. I want to help you. But free will says that you can choose to live the way you want to do, which means that I want to choose to say, Holy Spirit, you're in me. Go big. Come on. Just bring it. Bring whatever you got for me. I'm inviting you to have your way in my life because I, I can't do this all on my own. So we invite the Holy Spirit. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1. Verse six, he says, hey, Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift of God that he gave you when I laid my hands on you. In other words, stir it up, fan into flames, invite that Holy Spirit to have his way. Fan it into flames, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. And this is where in our prayer life, we're just asking the Holy Spirit to like, like, just do whatever it is that you need to do. I'm inviting you to have your way with me. See, I have to do this every single week. Pastor Tom talked about this last week, and he was, he was not exaggerating. Was, I don't like public speaking. I'm sorry. I just don't like you that much. I just, I just don't like public speaking. Like, the way I'm naturally wired is my first public speaking instance was like in sixth grade. I was in California, and I was in school, and I had to do a, a speech on, I forget what, what it was even on, like the solar system or something like that. And I got through like the first minute of it and I had a full panic attack, anxiety. I'm like, oh, miss, I have to go home. I'm going to throw up. And I literally, in the middle of my first speech ever, like just went home and tried to like convince my mom to let me just never finish out the rest of the year, right? Like I don't even want to, like I hate. I was so scared and I don't like public speaking and all of this, but somewhere along the line, God goes, I'm sorry you don't like it, Carl. You're an introvert, but I've gifted you in this area and you need to open your mouth and you need to speak for me and I'm gonna use you and people are gonna get saved and their lives are gonna be changed. But I don't wanna do that, God. So here's what I have to pray every single week. Holy Spirit, would you come on me and help me do the things that I don't really even feel like doing? Like, it's hard for me to get up here. I write these sermons. It's really crazy. I have to stand in front of all these faces that just look at me and I say amen and they're just like, <laughs> that's scary, God. 
And so I don't know what your gift might be. Maybe you're good with your gift. And you're like, yeah, bring it. I'm super good at this. But maybe you're like me, and there's gifts that the Holy Spirit's given you. And you're kind of like, Holy Spirit, I need you. You got to stir this thing up in me. And I'm like that every single week. I love at the end of service, everybody's happy. People got saved. But it's a scary thing. But here's the thing. I got to ask for the Holy Spirit to be in my life every single day because he helps me do things that I could not do on my own. Isn't that good? So make that a part of your prayer life. We got three of them. How many? One, two, three. Three of them left. Here's the next uh, part of furniture as, he's, as Moses is walking in the tent is there's a table on the side. It's called the table of shoe bread or the table of show bread, the table of presents. What was happening here was there was every week there was baked and then they would put, replace them if they got old. There was baked 12 fresh loaves of bread sitting on this table. How good does that think about right now? Have you ever had a freshly baked loaf of bread with a big slab of butter right on that? You're just like, Anybody? Like, think of how good. Can you guys remember that, that taste and that smell? So Moses is cruising in there, and he's like, bread, you know? And all of this bread, like, I went to Israel a couple years ago. And Israel, like, at the hotels, they feed you so well, and they just they always have fresh bread and bagels and pastries and stuff like that. And you just walk in, you're just like, you just want to hit all the bread. Like, you want to fill up on all the bread, and they got all the spreads on it and everything. You don't even have time for all of the, like, the hummus and the whatever, the, the other stuff that they have, you know, all that. you just like, you just want to eat all this bread. So this bread is a reminder that Moses would go in and there's these, man, these 12 loaves of fresh bread. The bread is a reminder of this, that God is our sustenance, that God is our fulfillment. That like, like Jesus said, hey, um, it's, it's not about living by bread alone, but it's by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, it's written that man shall not live on bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that we would remember in our prayer time now, number five, is that we would feed on his word. Write that down in your notes. At the table, you feed on his word. And that means this, that you make sure that you take time to read your Bible every single day. If you want to know the, the instructions in the heart of God, the wisdom of God, make time, make time to read your Bible. But in your prayer time, you're remembering the promises of God that you read about in Scripture. As I'm coming to God and I'm praying, God, I remember that you promised that you've only got good things for my life. And I might have to go through the valley sometimes, but you're there to carry me. You've overcome the troubles of the world. And God, I realize that, that, that you're never going to leave me or forsake me. Sometimes I feel like I'm alone, but you're there. If I would just dig deep, I could find you. So God, I'm just going to read my word and I'm going to feed on it. I'm going to pray your promises of God into my life as I'm praying. Too many times people come to me and they're like, Pastor Carl, I need some help. I'm going through this rough thing in life. Can you give me some advice? Give me some wisdom. Give me some whatever. And I'm like, you reading your Bible? No. I'm like, you praying? Nope. I'm like, you're on your own, bro. Good luck. Like, I got nothing for you. Because here's the thing. I don't really have anything. I'm just a kid from Kailua that gets on stage every week. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying. But if I don't have the word of God that I'm preaching and giving to you, I got nothing. Can I get an amen to that? It's all about him. It's all about his word, his promises, his truth. So when people tell me like, hey, what do you got for my life? You reading the Bible? No. I'm like, okay. Uh, you praying? No. I'm like, wow, you're not even trying, man. Like, why do you want what I have? I don't have anything good. So we need to make sure that we're reading the word of God and that we're feeding on it. As we go into prayer, we're remembering all of his promises. We're standing on those promises. We're praying those promises that whether you're reading Proverbs or Psalms, or you're going through the Gospels, which is the story of Jesus, or the book of Acts and the early disciples and the power of the Holy Spirit coming alive, or maybe all the Old Testament heroes, David, Abraham, Noah, all of these guys, that you're learning lessons and that you're growing like bread feeds you and makes you, makes you strong, is that you're feeding on the word of God and his instructions. Um, 
I've been really enjoying the new translation that's called the Passion Translation. I don't know if you guys have discovered that one. But that YouVersion Bible app that we have, we have no excuse not to be reading the Bible. It's on our phones. We carry it with us everywhere we go. And if you just like downtime, you're waiting for something, you're at work, lunch break, just pick up the Word of God. Feed not just your face with food at lunch, but feed your soul, your spirit, your mind, your heart. Like, feed on God's promises. And so there's all these different translations available. There's devotions. In fact, next week, we as a church, as we step into the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we've picked out, I've chosen a devotional that's on 21 days of prayer and fasting that you can all download the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or whatever and download this one app. It's already on our Anchor Church app. You can click on it today. But we're all going to start together and we're going to read our way through the Word of God. It's not like through the whole Bible. It's just like one or two verses a day, small stuff in relation to prayer and fasting. So next week, you can find that actually on the app right now, but we're going to start that. Why? Because if we're not feeding on God's word, then what kind of truth are we feeding on? Our friends? What the TV tells us? What the news tells us? What we think in our own brains? And God is YouTube, right? Google, like we're looking for something. Man, I find answers first in the word of God. So feed on the word. And number six is this. Moses then goes to the altar of incense where you burn things that cause a sweet-smelling aroma to God. It just smells good. Incense is all about the smell, but here's what it is. In number six, if you're writing it down, this is the part of your prayer where you worship him. Just write that down. Number six, worship him. So you've done all these things, and you're, you invited the Holy Spirit. You're feeding on his word. Here's a part in your prayer where you just tell God how great he is. Praise, you're thanking him for what he's done. Worship, you just thank him for who he is. He's amazing. You just come into your worship time, and you just go... God, I've already praised you and thanked you for the stuff you do. But I'm just going to tell you right now, God, I adore you. I value you. I desire to be with you. I cherish you. Words that we would use to someone that we love, that we just direct them at God because we love him so much. God, you're the best thing that has ever happened to me. God, you're the man, and I'm not, and I get that. And we humbly come before God, and we just give him the proper praise that he's due. When we come into this time when we worship together, we call the singing worship songs, right? Is that I can't help. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you're, you're not used to it yet. You're not comfortable. But I got to lift my hands. Like I got to have like a, some type of a physical posture of worship. So I'm like, oh God, you're bigger than me. It's all about you right now. I close my eyes sometimes because I don't want to get distracted. I see people kneeling, people clapping, jumping, whatever, shouting. But you take this posture that says, it's all about you, God. I just worship and I value you for who you are. It says this in um, Psalms 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be as the evening sacrifice that burns like fragrant incense, rising as my offering to you as I lift up my hands in surrendered worship. Man, you're worthy. I'm, I'm not. You're the boss. I'm, I'm clearly not, God. You have plans and you do things in my life that I'm just telling you I trust in those above everything. Even if I don't like what, what I see or what I'm feeling, I'm here to tell you that I worship you and I choose you and you're a good God despite what I'm looking at or seeing or feeling like right now. You're the man, God. I surrender to you. Now we, that's a healthy place to be. If your prayer life consists of that time of worship and surrender to him, man, he is gonna honor that and he is gonna respect who you are. He's gonna listen to those prayers. But we need to worship him. And here's the very last thing is that as Moses would walk deeper into that tent in the, in the tabernacle, there's another veil that hid the Ark of the Covenant. And he would go into that room, and that was called the Holy of Holies. The high priest was the only one allowed in there. And he could only go in there once a year, one day, the Day of Atonement, to make atonement and to plead before God to make uh, prayers for all of the people. 
And what he would do is in the Ark of the Covenant, inside of it was the Ten Commandments to be kept holy. And you guys all saw the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. It looked pretty similar. They did a pretty good job, except your face isn't going to melt off and your eyeballs pop out. But, <laughs> but you go in there, and um, there's the Ark of the Covenant, and it's holy, and it represented the presence of God. And on top of it with those little angels was, was called uh, the mercy seat of God. And it was where God would speak to Moses, and Moses would speak to God. And oftentimes what he's doing in there, and this is the last thing you can write down in number seven. This is the part of your prayer where just write this, pray for others. That's what Moses was doing when he would go in there. What he was doing was he was going and he's going, God, this is the holiest place. I'm seeing you face to face. And what he was praying for, he was pleading his case before a holy God for all of the Israelites and all their sins and all the things going on. God, I know you want to kill them. Nah, please don't, God. <laughs> You're a loving, forgiving God. You love your people. And I'm just pleading. I'm praying that you would just like, take care of your people and lead us, God, and direct us and show us where to find the, the manna and the food and protect us from the, the enemies that are out there trying to attack our camp. And, and what Moses was doing there in the Ark of the Covenant, he was praying for others. And this is a part of our prayer where it's really good and appropriate. The rest of it has between, been between us and God. But this is the part where we get to intercede on the behalf of our friends. We have friends in our lives, and you guys all know it. They're hurting right now. They've been, through, they've been through hell and back, some of our friends, and their relationships. Maybe they're grieving, they're suffering, they've experienced loss. Maybe they're struggling with illness or whatever. And people are hurting out there. And God is saying, hey, we're not just on this planet to have relationship with God, but to love other people. Remember that Jesus said, well, the whole, in a nutshell, what Christianity is all about is really two simple things. The whole Bible that you read, it's really only about two things. It's about loving God and loving others. And this is a part of our prayer where we get to love others by, by praying for other people. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2. He said, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Hey, pray for everybody. Not just yourself. Pray for everybody. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings, for all who are in authority. Pray for, that means our, our local police, our mayors, our governors, even our president. Hello. No matter how you feel about them, you pray for them. God's saying, there is an appropriate time in your prayer life that a lot of it is about you and him, but there is an appropriate time. Impact the world around you. Bring a little bit of heaven down onto planet Earth and change some lives through those prayers that you're praying for other people. He says, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So plead your case before a holy God for your friends and the people in your connect group, their marriage is struggling. You'd come and make it a part of your prayer life. Lord, I just, I pray for my friends over here, their marriage. Just bring your Holy Spirit to bring reconciliation. And Lord, my friend over here, like he just lost his job. And Lord, I just pray that they get a job. And Auntie over here, she's struggling with cancer. But God, you're bigger than cancer. So I'm going to go ahead and lift that one up. And I'm going to ask for you to heal her and do whatever you can. And I know so-and-so, their car broke down. And I know this and I know that. But this is your time to actually, to, to look like God's kids and love the world around you. Pray about it. Pray about everything. Pray about other people. You never know what you're praying for. A number of years ago, about 20 years ago, maybe more, I was a youth pastor in California. I had a youth group of about 150 kids, and we were in this little church. And at the time, I remember one night, I woke up in the middle of the night. Myself and my, my wife at the time, Kanani, we woke up at like 2.33 in the morning. And we just felt like, why are we awake? It was one of those, like I said, I had the other week, like, why am I awake this, this crazy hour? We woke up 2.33 in the morning, and we just felt like God was saying, pray. So we just, oh, we better pray. So we prayed for our family, prayed for our friends. Felt like God was saying, pray for all your youth kids. Okay, we just prayed for all of our kids. We just, in our heads, we trying to think of their names and their faces. We just covered them all. And then we felt like, okay, we did what we're supposed to do, went back to sleep. Didn't think anything of it. Who knows? We don't know what happened. Was it worth it? Well, we don't know. 
About a week later, we were in youth group, and I'm asking all the kids like I did every week, hey, guys, share with me a praise report. What's something that God's doing in your life? Let's prove, let's, let's talk to each other. Let's prove that God is real. So the kids in every week, I got something, Pastor Carl, I got something. And then they would all say their stuff and uh, thank God for this and that. And one girl just said, God saved my sister's life last week. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Tell us what happened. Well, um, my sister never drank before. She's seventh grade. She's a small, skinny, little, like 90-pound girl or whatever. And my parents were throwing a party. And so my, my little sister, she thought it would be cool to try drinking. But she didn't know anything about drinking. So she just snaked a bottle of, of uh, vodka and went and hid in the, in the closet to like, just try getting drunk on her own. And she pounded almost a whole bottle of vodka. Little 90-pound girl. And you're like, oh, yeah, no way. No, you're right, no way, because your body cannot handle that much, especially if you're a little seventh grade girl, 90 pounds, and they found her, passed out in the closet with her own vomit, knocked out unconscious, and they rushed her to emergency, pumped her stomach, did all this. Her heart literally stopped on the table at one point, and she was like dead, and they brought her back, they revived her, she got all cleaned up, the whole deal, but the other girl, the older sister, was like going, Praise God, thank you, Jesus, my sister's life was saved. And we're like, whoa, that's so heavy. And everybody's like, wow, it's praise God, that's amazing. And then um, I was like, wait, what time? What, what week was that? What day was that? She goes, oh, it was that night. And I go, oh, that was the night that we woke up at 2.30 in the morning. I said, what time was your sister, you know, dead on the table? Oh, like 2.30 in the morning. And, and I just went, oh, my gosh. See, here's the deal. Whatever's going on in your life, God's think, saying to us today, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Pray about it. Whatever's going good in your life, whatever's going bad in your life, pray and pray for other people because you don't even know what you're praying for. I had no idea that we were literally praying and interceding for a young girl's life to be saved at that exact hour, that time. And we had prayed for her without even knowing it. And God came through and he answers our prayers. Isn't that a good word for today? So I want you guys just to, to, to think about this. All I've given you is a pattern that might be something new that you pray these seven things as you start to pray, it could be you pray each one of them a minute each. There's a seven-minute prayer. It could be that you take hours. It could be that you spend days going through these things going, oh, this is so good. All I'm trying to do is let's start 2020 fresh and new and trying new stuff, leaning into God, and watch what God is going to do for us this year. Amen? Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We love you for who you are. We ask, Father God, that you would help us as we, as we begin to practice these new things for you, as we get into prayer, as we realize that prayer does work, and Lord, that prayer and fasting is even more incredible. Lord, we're going to just kind of press into that. Help us, Father God, to be, every one of us, just people that are prayer warriors, that we'd turn to you first no matter what. Even if we don't know what, why we're awake in the middle of the night, we just pray. Pray first. We're just going to pray about it. But help us to be people that would be so connected to you, just like Moses, we could see you face to face. And Lord, if there's anybody in the room here today that maybe you're, you're not close to God, maybe you're not close to God and you totally know it. You're here today and you're just like, man, this is good. I like this. I need to get closer to God. I need to, to really know him. And maybe you've never taken the first step in getting close to God, which is to allow God to be your personal Lord and Savior, to actually say, Jesus, I believe what you did in dying for me on the cross and rising again that you could make me a new creation, that you could pull me into your family if I would believe that you're my Lord and my Savior and you died for me. Maybe you've never did, done that before. Maybe you're here today and you've read the Bible before, you've been to church before, but again, that's not going to get you into heaven. That's not going to get you a relationship with God. That's good stuff that we all practice, but first, we need to just tell him that we want him and we want relationship with him. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now if you're here today and you're like, I've never done that. I've never really honestly prayed from the bottom of my heart to be a follower of Jesus Christ. 
well, that's where all the magic happens. That's where all the good stuff, the blessings start from that moment. So I'm going to lead you in that prayer right now. And I'm going to say it for you out loud. You don't have to say it out loud in front of all these people. But I want you to pray the words that I say out loud in your heart to God. Because he sees our heart and he judges us on our heart. I want you to pray along with me in your heart of hearts if you'd like to do that this morning. I'm going to ask you one thing. I would like to know who I get the privilege of praying with this morning. If you're saying, Pastor Carl, that prayer is for me. I need that right now. I'm about to pray that with you. If you're going to do that, can you just let me know who I get the privilege of praying with? Just so I, for my benefit, so I can see who I'm praying with. I'm going to ask you this right now. If you're going to pray that, would you just lift your hand right now? Would you just raise your hand and say, hey, I need that right now. Good. I see hands going up. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see someone else over here. A couple people up front over here. Another hand in the back over there. Um, I'm looking around. If there's anybody I missed, I see right here another one. If you're in the kids' room or you're in the courtyard, you're watching online, man, God sees that hand. He sees that heart right now. I'm just going to ask you, go ahead and put your hands down. And would you just pray this in your heart of hearts? Here we go. You make it in your heart, your prayer. I'll pray it out loud. God, I'm here today, and I want you. I need you. Lord, I need you to be the Lord of my life and not myself. I need you to be the boss. You're bigger, you're, you're better, you're faster, you're stronger. I need you. And Lord, I'm telling you right now, here's all of me. I surrender it all to you. I believe that your son Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sin. And that if I believe in him, then my sins all died at the cross as well. They're forgiven, washed clean. Every sin I've ever done, every sin I ever will do, it's forgiven because of Jesus. And Jesus proved that he had the power to forgive the sin by rising from the dead on the third day, meaning that he has new life available to me as well and the hope of heaven when I die someday that I don't have to fear death because of eternity with Jesus face to face. The best place that anybody in this room could ever hope to be is in that place called heaven, face to face with our Lord and Savior. Thank you, God, for heaven. God, thank you for forgiving my sin right now as I choose to walk out my life and to live for you from this moment forward until I see you face to face. Thank you for being my God. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. Let's praise God for those people right now. Amen.